I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. We are live! What is up, insomniacs and fight fans alike? Welcome to the MMA Submission. As always, I'm Cameron. I'm Mason. And I'm Matt, and we're back for another MMA submission episode. And I'm super excited a lot of for news. the show today. A lot of news. It's been it's been such a long time since we've done a, uh, an MMA submission episode. That but it feels, wasn't a while. I was going to say, but it feels ridiculous because we've talked about MMA recently yeah. for hours. Hours and hours. You know, so it's, it's always the jarring thing when we do watch parties, but then we do these news-centric shows. Mm-hmm. It's a weird push and pull because they were live in the moment. Now we have the time to finally step back and be like, ah, okay, now we're no longer watching fights. Now we can actually talk about potential aftermath. See, I love shows like this, though, because it always it's nice for the viewer because I feel like an episode like this takes all of the recent happenings and like possible things that could happen in the future. And it just condenses it into one nice package so that you're abreast to everything that's going on in the MMA world after watching the episode. Exactly. It's a nice way to catch you up. And it's a good. It's also good for us too because when we're making these shows, like it, we run through all the stuff we normally do, but we actually pay closer attention. Yeah, exactly. We get the full story because we're like, oh, we can't go in half cocked, especially MMA. What a tightly fucking wound community of uh, guys they are. They're so opinionated. It's unreal. Especially because I like it though. I yeah, like it though. because fighting is so visceral. Exactly, and I, I like to consider myself a highly opinionated person as well. So it's just cool to see other people who are like, "Oh, you don't hold the same opinion as me." Well, fuck you. Yeah, first you of all, limp dick. Yeah, exactly. you guys don't even <laughs> fucking train. Wow, <laughs> you guys—they're harboring a little bit of animosity because of a a gutless uh, commenter put up a post. Not gutless. I no, think no, no, he's no, gut no, full. No, no. no. Yeah. gutless because then he pulled it down. Because you know what, bitch? If he had left the post, you'd have won the. Fight. Funko Pop. So fuck yeah. yeah. I would have given you a You would have given it to you. If you, would I? If, I would have for would've. finishing up that nice big smelly dump you took on us like like a man and then but you took it down. I don't know. I don't, I don't like to shed light on cowardice. You know? Yeah, I was going to say. Ah, I'm calling it. I'll do it. I don't Yeah, I shit. don't like doing it. But <laughs> let's. I appreciate every Every comment. comment is a good comment. Yeah, I laugh at them all. So either way, we're good. We're going to get into UFC 231. That is one we did actually not do a watch party for, but it was one of the most interesting fights I've seen because we got to see what it looks like when a, a fighter fu- just does bag work yeah, the exactly. entire fight. A fighter takes on somebody who can't fight on his feet at all. Whoa! <laughs> always with the extremes! <laughs> well, this is why we get hate And comments. this is why we get hate I shouldn't have said that. He's knocked out I, sh- I, I know. I shouldn't have said that. I, I, I shouldn't have said Someone that. Someone who was as not as an advanced level. skill level. A different level yeah. on the feet. That's on the feet. more appropriate. Okay. I, I apologize. Sorry. Sorry. I, but I, 231, Ortega, I uh, Max Holloway's pay-per-view numbers have constantly improved throughout his career. Yeah. 231 is no stray from that trend. We might actually get to the point where he's a legitimate pay-per-view draw. Yeah, Thanks which is, fucking which is God. About fucking time. He's such a talented fighter, and he's so well-rounded. It's hard for me to believe that at one point in his career, he was only bringing in around 200,000 pay-per-view buys as the main event, which is crazy. Apparently, UFC 231 brought in a reported 240. Uh, 240,000 to 300,000 pay-per-view buys, right. which is not bad at all considering his trend. His first 
uh, main event spot only brought in 150,000 pay-per-view buys, which is like flyweight. Yeah, UFC, those are flyweight numbers. U- UFC 206, still better than uh, Mighty Mouse. <laughs> those are Jermaine Durand yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, and then he advanced himself in 212 to about 200K and UFC 218 in 2017, 230K on pay per view numbers. And finally, with T- UFC 231, he was up to 240 to 300,000. Potentially 300,000. That's, that's a 60,000 pay per view by jump, potentially. That's pretty freaking awesome. Just steadily climbing. That's yeah. great to see. Um, you know, it's just a nice rise. Awesome. Exactly. Hopefully we can keep this upward progression, especially because he's such a talented fighter. It's great to see someone's hard work manifesting itself in pay-per-view buys like this. It was unbelievable the beating he he put Put on. on. Oh, my God. But Ortega did have his moments. I rewatched this fight four different times. He had Max Hurt in the second. Yeah. He sat him back with a couple of elbows. Like Ortega, I think if we give him uh, some time to develop. How old is he now? This is not, not the twenties, yeah, right? I don't even think he's thirty yet. This is not the last time these two will meet in an octagon. That's I, what I was getting to. I I'm under the impression that this was a fantastic learning experience for Ortega. Uh, granted, it was one sided, but he still had his moments with arguably one of the best fighters at that weight of all time. You know, so I think it's just a, it's a great learning experience, and he'll definitely be back and better than ever for sure. I, obviously, he's going to need some time to recover. I think he's potentially facing a six-month medical suspension, yes. which is rather lengthy. But uh, regardless, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, he's, on, he's only 27. Right now in the exactly. UFC. He'll be back to training before you know it, and yeah, he'll be bet, getting yeah. submission victories in no time, I'm sure. Right now in the UFC, we're seeing the best of the best, and the best is blessed. Yes. Okay. Hell yeah. I'm putting on the T-shirt. He, like you said, the, the hype it. train's coming through the station. I guess I'm hopping on. I'm Yay. practically Hawaiian now. I'm going to start wearing <laughs> ladies everywhere I go. Well, I mean, yeah. just if you don't mind pulling up his record for me, it's pretty outrageous. I should have mentioned that before the show. I'm sorry. But look, look, just look at his victories. I mean, he's beat Jose Aldo twice. He beat this upcomer, Brian Ortega, who was destroying everyone. He just, Brian Ortega just beat Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar is one of the best fighters ever. I mean, look at the the uh, fights Frankie Edgar's been in, and then to do that to Frankie Edgar, he didn't even submit Frankie Edgar. He beat him in the feet on the feet. Max Holloway is, point is of order, twenty and three. Max Holloway beat Jose Aldo after Jose Aldo had his soul ripped out by Conor McGregor. That's true, but then Jose's had good fights since the Conor McGregor fight. No, he beat Frankie uh, UFC two hundred, completely outclassed him on the feet. Definitely no. Mm-hmm. Here, go to yeah his Wikipedia. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean, uh, uh, especially Jeremy Stevens finishing him because Jeremy Stevens, I feel, is streaking and improving so much. So for him to lose to Jose Aldo by via like TKO, yeah, I think that's really good for him. But dude, that then you're right; it just pu- serves to pump up Max Holloway's reputation as a champion. Look at that; he put that beating on Anthony Pettis, made him quit in the octagon. Yeah, and his last loss was to Conor McGregor. Five years five ago. Five years ago. Yeah. August 27, 2013. More than five years ago now. Yeah. That is absolutely and astounding. And he took Connor the, the entire duration of the fight. Granted, Connor tore his ACL, but still. Right. That, is, that is true. Connor, though, I mean, plus they were so radically different at the time. Max was like 21. He was so young. He and was so young. Like, uh, Literally a completely different fighter. Yeah. Like, completely different. He's progressed so, so much since then. And I feel like he still can improve. He's, I think he still has time to improve. Definitely. That's why, like I said, Ortega will be back. I'm not sure if he's going to 
sum it over. Yeah, Max Holloway's like, only you know, 27 also. I don't think he's going to beat out uh, Max Holloway. Just because he is he's so young and he still has so much Not time to Not in the near future, no. Who, Brian Ortega? No, no. I, I just don't. I don't see him faltering. But I just love the part where he just points at the fucking ring where he's standing. And tells Ricardo, guy, against Ricardo Lamas. And, and squares that. off, winning a fight anyway, and wants to go toe-to-toe with anybody. I mean, there's not watch, many fighters in the world that If you watch that. that exchange when he pointed at the center of the octagon, Max Holloway was landing like crazy. Oh, yeah. And Ricardo Lamas was not. There was some <laughs> whiff action. It was, it was pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I can't speak highly enough about... Um, Max Holloway, he's just so impressive to me. His boxing is some of the most crisp you'll see in the octagon. Very crisp. Now they talk about Max going up. He could fight, yeah, I mean, definitely. He's, he's 145 he's, now. Is he going to go up to 155, you think? He's, yeah, at one point in his career for sure. He's huge. Dude, he has, though, he has that Hawaiian thing that BJ Penn had that really sabotages your career when you're like, hey, uh, dude, I'll fight Ram- like, like when BJ was like, I'll fight Rampage tomorrow. Yeah. Just give me a protein shake and uh, s- some That's underwear crazy. and gloves. I'll That's slide crazy. in there against, oh, Mark Hunt's free. I'll beat his ass. Who's next? You can't do that. I think a big problem is they balloon up. You know, they... they they in between camps they have all that beer and Hawaiian bread. What do you think he walks around at? Dude, Hawaiian punch. One ninety. One eighty. One ninety. One forty-five pounds to come down to one forty-five. He's huge. What is he? Six six feet tall. He is five eleven. That's fucking huge. He is fucking huge. For one forty-five. One forty-five pounder. Yeah. That's almost featherweight. That's almost it's as like a welterweight. That's literally like a welterweight. It is a welterweight. Height. That's really almost is. as aggravating as James Vick. Like how tall James, James Vick, Vick is for the one fifty-five. He's absurdly tall. Was he 6'3"? He's 6'3", and he, he's silly. a 155-er. Wow. He cuts like 60. Jesus Christ. He's like well, a, he must have like disgusting. a false leg. He takes off for weigh-ins. And That's what I'm saying. Could you it's imagine seeing no him in person way. at 155 when he's about to weigh in? That is literally like he'll turn sideways and just disappear. He's so skinny. Well, that's like Plus, uh, what was uh, who's his nutritionist? George uh, Greg Lockhart. Greg Lockhart was like he's fucking so hard to like help cut. Yeah, because sure. he has a sweet tooth too. Oh, is that guy that likes Twizzlers? Yeah, so yes, he's eating fucking candy. He's like, Greg, just let me have my candy before the weigh-in. He's like, dude, we're cutting like forty pounds yeah, off you of you. You can't have a fucking. Yeah. You cannot stick. have a fucking Twizzler in the no. month leading up no, to it. Not, not before. Not. Not before, but 5'11". I mean, He's another guy who could go up, though. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, Max Holloway, you're going to see him go up. Just, I'm not sure you're going to see him end at 185 like he says he will. No, definitely not. I don't think that's going to no. happen. No. He said he could, he plans on eventually going all the way up to 120, 185 no. when he's Please like, wait, don't no. pull a BJ Penn. I don't no. want to see him fighting in seven or eight years. No. And his record's salty as fuck, and we're always talking about the Max Holloway of yeah, old. That's depressing. Dude, I, when I, BJ Penn like gave that speech about not being able to quit, he's like, I don't know anything else. I love fighting so much. And then and just train, watching him get people coach. Watching man. him get beat the fuck up yeah. by like year. Frank Yeager, yeah, yeah, the Yair fight. I'm talking about before that. Even before that, when he was the coach on the Ultimate Fighter, Frank Yeah was like, Stop the fight. Yeah. Stop the fight. And then Yair. He literally just stood in front of the air and took it. And that's not I'm not saying that as like a like a joke a slant, or anything. I love slant, BJ yeah. Penn. Yeah. I don't want to see that happen to BJ Penn. And, and you wonder the way Max fights. I mean, I love when he squares off, but he takes how many some shots, years can you he do He takes that? some shots. How much how much time can you go through taking a damn? I think not, that not he's at least he I think he's better than 
BJ Penn if that's any. Yes, I don't think he takes damage. He slips, more. and I think he's just a smarter fighter all around. He he game plans way better than BJ Penn does. Well, yeah, yeah I think where MMA's... BJ Penn was insanely athletic, had insanely great BJ skills. Penn was getting into it at the infancy of the sport, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, now everything's so much more advanced. Max Back Holloway, when it was like, you, are you jacked? Exactly. Do you know what the word sprawl means? Yeah, exactly. right. And not you're mention, a champion. You're dealing, with, <laughs> you're dealing with BJ Penn, who essentially is just a BJJ prodigy, and then he learned how to box pretty well. So On top of it, yeah. Exactly. Now he's a UFC fighter. But you, you got to appreciate the fact that, I mean, he stuffed all the takedown attempts over Ortega and then boxed him. He had the plan like you were saying, like other fighters haven't. Staved off all the submissions and just beat him up all over the ring. So, yeah, that's one thing that you have to be like really acutely aware of when you watch that fight. It's like he could grab him. Max Holloway is clearly getting the better of him, better of Brian Ortega on the feet without throwing kicks, without throwing kicks, which is what I was getting at. I'm like, why isn't Brian more? Why doesn't he have the sense of urgency to get it to the ground? And then you come to realize he can't. He can't. He can't yeah, he can't. Max is staying at distance, yep. moving in with punches, and he's out. Exactly, moving in with punches, he's out. So then you you start to see it from Ortega's perspective, and then the longer the fight goes, there's just more like this sense of hopelessness just starts to seep in to the one point where he jumped on him and tried to pull guard, just, the, just yes. so desperate yeah, to get standing, to a place standing. where you have some sort I of. I think advantage. that was during the third, and I was just like, who? Yeah, and he couldn't do anything. Exactly. That's back when. That's when he knew he was in trouble. Yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. you could tell he was just like, "I need to get this to where I know I'm comfortable, and mm-hmm. I know he's not." At at all cost. At that. At point. all cost, because there, when Max and the one thing I love about Max is boxing. He does not throw like Lineker hooks. No. I love his it. hooks. He throws power punches. He throws every punch, like everything but the kitchen sink. But it's so tight. All of his that punches are everything so tight. lands. Yes, it's like everything lands. One of it's, it's got it's great aim. You know what I'm saying? He plant. He and it doesn't take a long. There's, there's no, no there's no wasted, wasted movement. movement. Yeah, in the because you see some guys they're like, oh, yeah. it is and one like of real the... steel. Their shoulder like locks three different times as the punch yeah. moves. It's one of the distinguishing factors between someone who is an amateur. And someone who is an absolute professional, you can right. watch World Star, and you can be like, "Okay, this guy's been in fights before." But if you watch him punch, you it's can see punches. it coming from a million miles away. Yeah. But you watch Max Holloway fight, and everything is so tight and so crisp. You even see it at high levels of sport too, like Deontay Wilder. The minute like he th- started throwing straight punches, he dropped Tyson Fury twice. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. All of his other punches were these gigantic looping Looping strikes. strikes, And that's what Max showed us. He showed us that you don't need to throw every punch as a wild overhand right to get a knockout. All you need to do is hit him with 501 twos. And they die die in the ring. And and here's the funny part. It's pretty hard to shoot on somebody when you can't come straight in on them and you're eating a fist one, two, every single time. And I think we're going to see that more and more. And I think another dude who did that recently. That's why I love watching Nate Diaz. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's why I love watching Nate Diaz box as well. Because these just touching you up is so underrated and people always headhunt. So just seeing these strikes that are straight punches coming in at 60%, but nonstop throwing them, it's so useful. And people don't employ it enough. Well, you want to know who did that recently, and we watched that on our last watch party, Edson Barbosa versus Dan Dan Hooker. Oh, my God. Just no wasted movement. Just, oh, I'm going to hit you with a body shot when you move in. I'm just going to keep pounding on you. Keep throwing tight technique punches. 
to set up those kicks. And just, he wore him out. I think that fight should have been stopped. Yes. Way sooner. Way it's sooner. just that Dan Hooker is a actual fucking savage. I know. I, I never tweet at people, like at people. I usually respond to things, but I tweeted at him after that fight. And I, I don't even care if he saw it, but I just had to say, like, you're a fucking warrior, You are man. the toughest man I've yeah. ever seen. That is outrageous. I feel like I say that every time after I watch a UFC uh, card. I'm, I, I dub someone the new toughest man on the face of the planet. Oh, yeah. The novices we may be. Like, I don't think people realize how much, like, each of those shots are devastating. Edson was throwing with power with literally every strike in that fight. Unreal. Unreal. And he took every single one. He took, like, a hundred body strikes. Yeah. And just kept moving. I was like, oh, God. Heart goes out to Dan Hooker. Definitely. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't think there's a possibility that he didn't break a rib. It's unreal. They have to be broken. I don't know. I don't know. Absolutely insane. But, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of that technique. It was good to see. But, yeah, I think the next card that we have to focus on, right, is Cyborg versus Nunes. Yes. 232. That's the big next matchup. You know, it's on that Jones-Gustafson card. But I feel like this is... Personally, other than Jones Gustin, obviously, it is the most interesting fight right now in the UFC. That's the only one who has a shot against Urs Nunez. It's Nobody the only one this. we got left. Yeah, yeah I mean, no what? we just keep she putting shattered these, everybody. We else. keep putting these badass chicks in the meat grinder, and they're not coming out the other side. No, they're, I like how you put that. She's the only one who has a shot, and I still don't think she has what it that's takes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. When you lay out the skill sets, it's like, okay, let's evaluate their skills. Everything that they do, right? Everything that Amanda Nunes does, that's she's great at boxing. Great, yeah. you know, she's great in, in on the ground. You know, she's got good wrestling. Guess what? Cyborg does all those things better. Yeah, and she's bigger. Yeah, I but, know. Uh, but so it's just devastating so right. when you start doing the math because you're like, okay, even though Nunes is probably the second most skilled woman in the planet, the girl that's more skilled than her, she's fighting, and by the way, she's going to come in ten pounds heavier. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That. absolutely. On fight day. On fight day, yeah. And it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be water weight. No, it's going to absolutely be. Not. She's fucking jacked. She's fucking jacked. Like at one forty-five when she's weighing in, dude, she's cutting enormous amounts of weight yeah. to get down to there. And she, like I saw her in practice. She was practicing. Uh, Tia Ortiz did this vlog where she was practicing wrestling. She has to be 185, 190 180. pounds. That's what they were just talking about. And not, he walks around not like uh, Not like some of these other fighters, like eating too many Twinkies and eating no. some Little Caesars. Because, you know, some fighters, it's okay to get down with your bad self when you're not in fight camp. I think she's, like, eating guac, eating scrambled eggs. Yeah, and is, she's uh, eating she's really well. She's like a it. thick 180, Careful all with that muscle. Word. Careful. Yeah, don't want to be derogatory. Two we C's. just talked about that otter on our last yeah, podcast. Careful. But but here's the scary part. We haven't really seen her ground game because she hasn't needed it. I mean, she hasn't needed it. She hasn't needed it. Everything's been ending in the first. Or, I don't think I mean, you want to see it. Well, I, I mean, fuck people up. I I I I've only heard she's got skill. I'd like to see it. Maybe she's that's, got that crusher style. But, but maybe yeah. but maybe that's something that needs to be tested because obviously you don't want to square off with her. I know you're saying that, but mm-hmm. I mean, is there? Do, I don't want to trade with her if I'm Nunez. I mean, that's the scary part. I'd rather. I mean, well, Nunez has power too. It's difficult to break down where the fight will take place because honestly, everywhere I see it going, I feel as though Cyborg has a sizable advantage. She does have a sizable advantage. I think advantage, though, Nunez, though, 
Don't discount her. Here's I'm what not I was discounting her at all. Here's she, what I would she say. She could very well clip her. Like it happens. Yeah, everybody gets caught. And here's We've always what I'll said say. that. I think Nunez's biggest advantage is speed. Yes. Yes. You know you're going in against the Goliath. Yep. And you know she might have better technique than you. But here's what you can do. You can, can you move faster away? and you have the power. Because let's be honest, how many women do you know that can sleep fighters like Amanda Nunes? Not many. Not many. But uh, the, the issue comes in again with the size. I feel yeah. like if Amanda Nunes wants to win this fight, she's going to have to do something she really doesn't do that often and hop on her fucking bike. bike. Yeah. And really, she's One, two, normally she comes right One, two, at people. Yeah. Exactly. But Chris That's Cyborg is style. such a good counterpuncher, man. Yeah, that is not the style you want to no. employ. She's an expert in counterpunching. It's, it's not a good look. Well, it's one, two, and keep moving. She's going like to have to that. About. We saw that. I think she showed her counterpunching the best uh, Cyborg did against Holly Holm. Definitely. Because uh, Holly Holm, every time she was coming in, I was like, oh, she was catching her every single every time, time she was coming in. And I was like, wait, I knew she could move forward and she could barrage people, but I didn't exactly. know she was that technical to step back with counter-striking, yeah. beating I a had, boxer. I know. I had no idea she was that technical at striking until I watched her spar with the Olympian. Uh, her name is escaping. I think it's Clarissa Shields or some, something. No, I didn't even know Absolute she Absolute badass bitch. Absolute badass boxer. Really? Yeah, well, like world champion boxer, Olympian. and Jack. Cy- Cy- yeah, both jacked women. So incredibly fit. And Cyborg is in there holding her own. I'm not going to say she was beating like, the Olympian. Oh, no, probably not. Probably but not if you're scoring at boxing rules. It but. looked like that Rocky Three training uh, montage, though, with uh, Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa. That's the level of jack these two girls are, man. But it, it was unreal. <laughs> yeah. I know you're laughing. Man. I don't care. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but I, 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 the, the fight's just an, a huge, big question mark, and I'm excited for it. Because I think, you know, while obviously Sadborg's the favorite, yes. Nunez still has that chance of shaking up the world. Absolutely. That's and exa- if she that's a great point. wins, yeah. holy People shit. will be insane. Uh, she's probably one of the best female fighters ever. Because yeah. Cyborg, Cyborg has been dominant for the better part, better half of the decade. She, her, women's w- her last loss was in 2005. Yeah, and look, look at the gaps because people were so afraid to fight Cyborg. Like, she couldn't get fights. No. There was that period there before she got into the UFC. Two years right here. Yeah. Two year gap. In between, two year gap. In between her moving to the 2013, UFC. 2013, July another, of 2013 to February of 2015. Another two-year two gap there. Because they're like, who the fuck are we going to get to fight this chick? And, 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 no yeah, one wants year, to sign up to fight her. No, nobody does. And there's a, yep, there's a year break before in... 2011 and 2013. 2011 and yeah. she, So she's had four years off where she couldn't get a fight because she was just Who's destroying gonna, everybody. Yeah, that's some she scary shit. She made Jermaine Durand be like, ah, fighting's not for me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Jermaine was like, you know, I cheated once to win the title. Exactly. Now I'm just going to piece the fuck out. D- d- uh, yeah, we've already talked about I don't her even want to get into it. I don't that. even want to get into it. I She's, just get personally, so, ugh. And the fact that that kind of shit can go down in the sport and it's just okay. It's just it fuck, it But then people me. call it like GSP me. a coward and I'm like. You want to talk about cowardice? Who called GSP, GSP a coward? For leaving 185. You, you judged him for leaving. Oh, yeah. you mean retiring and vacating the title like a pussy? Yeah, I'll say that. Like a pussy. <laughs> I love he's like, who called him a coward? Oh, yeah, he's a pussy. Well, I didn't hear the entire sentence. I want to make sure I'm when correct when I, into when, that. When I, when Literally I one something. of the greatest fighters ever, probably top three. I would definitely say so, but you don't. You don't here we go again. You don't give your word to, to the UFC saying that you won't vacate a title. If they nothing. give you the fight and they you take the fight and then you nothing. walk away from it. Your word means nothing. Your word means nothing? It, well, means, it means nothing. Well, maybe in France. He's not from France. Where's he from? Uh, French Quebec. 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 Okay, from 
We won't say it then. <laughs> now we got to talk about the the probably the bigger fight on that card, if it's even possible. John Absolutely. Jones versus Alexander Gustafson. Amazing. And the media leading up to this fight has been the real treat. It's almost yeah. the fight before the fight. The shit talking. Who taught Gustafson the shit talk? He's yeah. in there. I like yeah. it. I like it. Not a fan. He I says, like I'm it, not dude. a fan. I'm John Jones, kryptonite, steroids, or not. Wow. Yikes. Fuck you, John and Jones. And John Jones, I'm not going to lie, he took a heavy L when Gustin brought that out because that's, that's a, that's a what missile. What do you say to that? John yeah. Jones did respond, and I thought his response clapped back appropriately right, well, what at Gustafson and actually kind of KO'd him. KO'd him. Let's hear it. In the trash talking. John Jones took compu stats of every one of his oh, fights yeah, he did and oh, showed yeah. the average strikes, and he outstruck every single opponent by a decent margin. But a very important thing to take away from the compu stat chart that I was looking at, yeah. Gustafson landed double... The, the the double the strikes than any other contender that has fought John. Oh, okay. I think that that was by far the most competitive fight John Jones has ever been in. Yeah, I think you the can... compu strikes were 130 to 110. Wow. It, I don't know, dude. I watched that fight twice recently. It's free on YouTube. The on... It's close it's as It's so fuck. fucking Yeah, close. we're going to have to watch that after the podcast, I think. It's, I so, it it's literally one of the best fights ever. I have to check it's it so out. It's so fucking entertaining. They put it back up on YouTube it's and smart. it had 5 million views it's within the day. It's smart to put it up there. It, it speaks for itself. If you want to promote I a fight, really, I don't put say, it the last battle. I don't want to say Gustafson won because obviously he didn't end up winning, but it just feels like he won watching it over and over again because he won. That's how I felt. The rounds that he won, he won so decisively. I was just like, "That's what." That's what I thought when he fought Cormier. I felt the same way. Really? Absolutely. I felt like I I I felt like Cormier beat Gustafson. I did too. In a more decisive fashion than John Jones did. Really? Still close though. Still close as fuck. All of it seems as though all of uh, Gustafson's losses have been close or fuck getting headbutt. That headbutt in Sweden was such fucking bullshit. After watching it. Because their heads collide so hard. It's and just, he took so much damage I on that like knockout. I feel like commissions have to do... Like, we just discussed Jermaine Durand to me. These headbutts. These, I don't know. I feel like things happen and they're just so obvious. Like, something needs to be done. And then you overturn... Oh, my God. What was that fight? Silly as fuck fights. What was that fight where he kept hooking his toes inside the cage? Who did... Uh, who? We just watched that recently. It was on our watch party. Oh, yeah. We did just see that. This guy hooked his feet inside the cage no, tw- like 12 times. It wasn't a watch times. party. We just remember seeing... Seeing it here, though, I'm trying to think was was, was that on one? Milwaukee? No, you, uh, it might have been on Bellator. Bellator. But I, I was, was just so obvious. I was like so shocked they didn't take a point. Yeah, because that's not something you should be allowed to do. Oh no, no, no! It was um, it was the title fight, Mike Chandler's fight. Oh, it was Mike Chandler's fight. It was versus Brent Prima. Prima. Primus. Primus kept. Putting- oh yes, yes. Yeah. It was the Bellator. Primus event. hooked his toes inside the cage. 57 Seven, times yeah, or trying to like walk that. up and around and they wouldn't take off a point and I'm like this point. is just absolutely absurd I mean he's consciously doing it I you can must, understand you I can must. understand you're getting taken down and while you're in midair your natural instinct is to grab on something to catch yourself yeah obviously I completely understand that that's he's okay. slowly walking his feet up but the cage and constantly his digging toes. his toes in. And Herb Dean literally has to stand there and pull Stop. out he's his like, toes. He literally popping it out. He was like popping each individual to pop toe out. The toes it's out. crazy. It's fucking unreal, man. But John Jones and then, uh, but John Jones Gustafson is just. I'm in awe of what this fight could be. Yeah, but I don't know what it's going to be. I. I've, if I'm I've, a betting man, I think John Jones takes obviously, it. Obviously, I would bet on John Jones just because, because of his track he was, record and he his was abilities. strung out on coke the first time they fought, and he hadn't trained, 
and his coaches were getting on him because like you're not training at all for and this fight. Still technically for this won. fight, you know, he watched a ton of film. He's trained his ass off. So we've so we've been told. Told, yeah, exactly. Well, when he said that, and uh, for the up upcoming uh, leading up to the fight, uh, the second fight against DC. Sorry, I got my words out. Um, he said he'd been doing a lot of work, and it showed. I guess his film study showed exactly. He called the shot during the press conference. I, I thought that was impressive, but until until DC lost, he was doing so well. That's what bums me out every single time. Until he wasn't, and then he got finished in a brutal fashion. But I think that's winning. one of the most. He I still contend that's one of the most brutal knockouts in UFC it history. Is. Oh, I mean, just because of how many punches were allowed during yeah. the ground and pound. It that that to crazy. me that falls into a difficult gray area as far as refereeing goes and officiating fights because he's the champion he's but the champion. he was knocked out three punches before the fight ended uh, it's tough man that's such a tough gig because then what if you call it too early you they they always allow the champ a lot of extra room to fight out of things unless it's completely obvious and i think they should because sometimes i do think they call it a little too quick sometimes but john jones actually fired at daniel cormier also in the lead up to this fight Posting a picture of Daniel with the double champ belts on yeah. and the crying face. Oh, fuck him. Saying, uh, you know, you talk all this shit. Guess what? You're not the real champ champ. You're not the real champ champ. Yeah. Connor was at least a real champ champ. He was recognized. He fought all comers. You lost to me. But don't worry. I'll let you be my first title defense. Except, wow. and I'll donate $100,000 to a charity in California. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, I don't really care about that. I think that's just bullshit to do that because on top of everything else, um, I, I just think he did never fail the drug test. For him to turn around and say something like that, that, you know what, you never did anything like that, I think it's ridiculous. You, you can't keep going back to the point that you're my loss when you fail the drug test, you had to vacate the belt, and I think it's ridiculous. The problem with the whole Gustafs and Jones fight that I really have is the fact that they just stripped Cormier of his light heavyweight belt, and now it's the then Jones and in a pretty quick fashion. And and Jones and Gustafson are fighting for a vacated belt, and it hasn't even been a fucking year. Well, the time lengths for stripping are now apparently completely arbitrary. They are arbitrary. They can can, whenever they feel like a champ could last for two years, or if the UFC decides on a whim, it could last two months. Let's make it. Let's let's make it for a heavy uh, a championship. And and the interim belts mean nothing. They don't guarantee you a shot at the no, no, not anymore. No. Not anymore. But to be fair, it, it all depends on whether or not it all depends upon Cormier's interest in fighting at 205 again. I don't know if he's released a statement or not, but if he expresses that he's not interested in he's going, he's never back going down, back down. Yeah, then you could take his belt at any point. I feel if he's like, I'm never going to go back down there. Well, anyway. that's maybe that's a conversation we never were able to sit down with him. Exactly. And well, if that's the case, I kind of agree with yeah, it. Yeah, that is kind of true because he said multiple times he's done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's so true. why wait to strip it if he has no intention of ever going back down and fighting? And they still haven't. That and it'll be better for this pay-per-view event if it's for a belt. It, it always is, yeah. draws more people but, in. But the thing is, who's Cormier fighting? I mean – Somebody we, at heavyweight. We, we still have never heard a thing. I mean, you you have uh, what's his name? He's overdoing WWE events in the Middle Brock East. Lesner. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So he's not coming back anytime soon. Evidently, he signed a lucrative contract with a loophole for one fight and one fight only because their main draw at the WWE came down with a serious illness. So he had to retire from wrestling. So now all you have is Brock Lesnar with a one-fight option, and he's off doing WWE events. And now Daniel Cormier's standing here, and they projected March, but they've never said anything on whether he's going to fight or not. Well, yeah, and I feel like if you're Daniel Cormier, you just have to wait and find 
the most lucrative matchup possible for your last, especially fight. Yeah. because it's going to be his last fight. Well, if they're going to do that, then it gives me more of a feeling that the winner of Gustafson Jones will be Cormier's. move up to heavyweight. Yeah, will be his next fight. What about all the like fuck the heavyweight division? I guess. Well, it's yeah. kind of in fucking turmoil. And all those blades just lost. I mean, is it though? Yeah, who's Ninganu? Ninganu. You think Ngannou even uh, – would you pay $50 I to mean, see I mean, he just slept blades. So what? Would you pay that? Would you pay that for that fight? He might knock the fuck out of Cormier. He might, dude. Really? Because let's see. When that Blades fight happened, they let Blades get up three times before they stopped that fight. Oh, no. He was rightly knocked out. It was and fucking I'm a Blades fan. unreal. And Ngannou, he completely got over being gun shy. I was so shocked personally because I thought he was psychologically broken. Come on, After man. the Stipe You're fight. You're not really getting – believing the Wonder Bread story here and – well, Blades, you know? Blades had apparently, uh, purportedly, had improved so much, and then he gets fucking shit rocked. Yeah, but he's the only the f- he's the only guy who shit rocked him before. Maybe he is just a kryptonite for the for Blades. But you're really not going to. I believe. don't know if it's that simple because uh, you, I would say that Curtis Blades has the style that is the kryptonite for Nganu. Yeah, but they're two different wrestlers. You're not going to agree to that? That Cormier is a different wrestler than Obviously, Blades? but it's. I, I mean, there's not, one's why world would you class. Compare, why would you compare. Curtis Blades wrestling to Cormier. I didn't. I said it's world's class better. Yeah, that's comparing it. I'm saying Curtis Blades is world world class compared to Ngannou. And if you if you put them on paper, but I think Ngannou I, shouldn't be able to beat Curtis Blades with Curtis Blades. I know, but ability. I think I think Cormier's face guys who can punch at least close to what Ngannou can and has just fucking beat them all. Yeah, and that's a matter of not getting hit. But that doesn't. He's say even that gotten knocked can't. across the ring sideways by Rampage. But my yeah. point is, he has. He that did. Was, that, that was, was Rumble. 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 Oh, sorry, I apologize. Well, he got knocked clear across the ring sideways, so he definitely has a decent jaw. I think Ngannou punches harder than, than Rumble. I said close. I said close. Okay, I didn't say punches harder. I said close. But my point is. I wouldn't pay to see that fight. I don't. Think I that's would. Good. I would. I think that I'd be willing to. You guys are such easy fucks. I swear to God. Well, I just I'm a big fan. I just think lube that lube it up and slap it in. Yeah, because I think Ngannou can could do that to Cormier. <laughs> I think he has enough power. I think he has enough power, and if he's not gun shy and tentative, I if think, he's not gun shy, if if he, yeah, definitely, if, if he can wrestle, and apparently, so you don't like any fight for Cormier. You I don't. He just retired. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck uh, him. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Wait. No good wait matchups. Wait a minute. Wait good up. Good day, sir. No, really, I said no good. Matchups. What did I say right before we went? You to said that? the light heavyweight champ should Thank jump you. up. I think that's I a bad idea. The oh, light really? heavyweight division you has already been a log. Wait, wait a minute, wait, wait. They already said you said that. So was that a, bi- a bad idea when when Cormier was the champ and then moved up to heavyweight? That was a bad idea. Yeah, it created a log jam. Oh, okay, so we you don't like any super fights. We had, we had contender eliminator fights okay. that had already happened, right. and they it's were just, only a good. I, I understand. They were my sitting, ideas are never good. No, they were sitting it's on their. Not, no, it's not your idea. Well, it's just a, well, they were sitting on their hands waiting, the idea. and now finally we're getting the light heavyweight division back. You know, because it did create a bit of. a So you there. wouldn't rather see Cormier Jones. You then then and and Cormier and Ghana. As a Cormier fan, I don't, don't want to see, yeah, see Cormier exactly. Jones. That's not my. I point. think John Jones knocks Which out Daniel you Cormier have, again. You have fifty dollars to spend, only fifty dollars, and there's two ways you could spend it. Cormier and Gano, Cormier Jones. Where are you going to spend Cormier and Gano? Cormier and Gano. Oh, you're so full of shit. I don't want to pay fifty dollars. You guys I'm aren't being honest. honest. No, you're not. I no, am. You're not. You are such that Jones Cormier fans. You're not. Yes, I know you two. No. Oh, you apparently your, your opinion's off on this uh, one. You, evidently my opinion's always off. So. Do no, I think that's always. the more contentious fight? Yeah, probably. But here's the problem. Which has better pay-per-view numbers? Oh, well, no question. No question. Okay. 
You're you're a Cormier fan, right? And I'm a huge. You would, you would want to see that. Why would you want to see that? I'd love to see him get a shot at redemption. He's he lost twice. He would not. I he, promise. Well, why not? Jones will be, be would be better at heavyweight. He'd be better. He'd be He'd bigger. Be better. I'm guys. I'm not debating that. Yeah. We're just talking about a fight here. You guys are like questioning everything I say. I'm just telling no, you what I'm I just think. going through a point by point. Well, well point all. by point is I, I I he hasn't fared well against wrestlers. Uh, I mean, geez, look look what uh. Um, Stipe? Stipe did to him. Stipe is not even a wrestler. Well, he's uh, he was a Juco 1 division champion, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a wrestler. Okay. Was he? He started out as a wrestler. Yeah, he okay. college wrestler. Thank you. Well, maybe I do know something. A he Juco, made the, right? What? A Juco wrestler? No, or? I think he was actually like D2 or something like that. It wasn't, Either it was way. Above was Juco. He, all right. Was he, was he a wrestling champion at one point in one division? Or at least a, a division? He was All-American? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. but that was... That you guys fight, just nitpicking again. Here we I'm go. I'm not, but that fight was contentious at multiple points. No, he hurt. Nagano had Stipe hurt multiple times. Yeah, but times. he wrestled him. That's how he basically beat him. Yeah, yeah but okay. the thing is Nagano had so much room for improvement. And didn't take that chance. No, no, no I'm saying he did. Post- he knocked out Nagano. I mean, he knocked out Blades, you mean? I mean, uh, Blades, yes, I'm sorry. Nganu has so much room who's to improve. Who's the only guy to beat Blades before, though? Wasn't it Nganu? Yeah. yeah. So he's the only guy who's ever beat him twice. He's the only guy who's ever beat him. He's the only guy who's ever beaten Blades. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. Okay. But my thing is, Nganu in the Stipe fight showed so much room for improvement because his wrestling was so Absolutely bad. Absolutely absent. Just gone. Like, Not he had there. no grappling experience whatsoever, and it was apparent. And then you saw in the Derek Lewis fight, he lost his confidence. And now I'm Just saying you punch. see a new, actually no longer gun-shy Ninganu. And if he worked on his wrestling, if he put on the wrestling a- shoes. A, a, against a guy who put he's the- already beaten before. Of course he's got confidence. Okay. Right? I mean, I mean I'd mean, i be confident. If I, if I well, railed a guy to the ground and knocked him unconscious once, I'd feel pretty good about being able to do it well, again. Well, guys, let us know what you okay. think of the potential matchups for Cormier <laughs> at heavyweight. We're going to be excited regardless, and we're excited for John Jones, Alexander Gustafson. <laughs> Who do you guys think takes the fight? Which okay. one, Gustafson and Jones? Yeah, I think Jones wins. I, I don't want him to. I want Gustafson to start. Him. I want Gustafson to start him as well, but I think Jones wins. If you're going to bet your, if you're going to bet your whole lot on him, I bet John. I Jones. think Jones wins a decision or late TKO. Me, I, I, I second that. I think that's exactly right. I'll pull for Gustafson. Is that what you think will happen? I'm I pulling did. for Gustafson, too. I, I just think that Jones has had a long time away from the ring. He's going to be under a lot of scrutiny. Um, as long as he passes his drug tests, I think it's going to be a great battle, but I think Gustafson can do it. Funny you should bring that up. I just want to mention that John Jones uh, decided to pass on optional VADA testing. VADA is a voluntary anti-doping association testing. They tried to entice him to undergo this additional testing. This testing, by the way, it's additional. It's not required for him to get his license to fight in Nevada. But they tried to sweeten the deal by paying him $205,000, which would go toward his fines for testing positive for steroids at UFC 214. But he was like... I get that completely. And here's why. Vado was the one that popped him for cocaine after the first Cormier fight. Mm-hmm. So he was like, it's fucking bullshit because Vada, if you guys don't know, they're only supposed to announce if it's a performance-enhancing drug. Yeah, They're definitely. not supposed to announce recreational substances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but cocaine so, is classified as a performance-enhancing drug. Not under the Nevada not, State Athletic yeah. Commission, I'm pretty sure. And because not, he came forward and he was like, this was not on the the list of banned substances. You guys shouldn't have announced this. And they leaked it. And they leaked it during the lead-up to the fight. It's not like he was snorting cocaine and then went directly into the ring. 
And so he was pretty pissed about that. So I can completely getting him going like, oh, yeah, you guys, fuck you. I'm not going to be subjected to that. I'm not going to lie, though. It is a bad look for someone who's tested positive multiple, multiple times before. To decline being to tested. To decline being tested. That's, that, Getting that Vanderlei was, vibes. Exactly. That was my thing. <laughs> Picture Vanderlei running out of a gym out the back door, hopping on a scooter that's uh, revving and waiting for him. I, there have even been reports of John hiding from people who, who are, like, approaching him to test him. Apparently, he, like, hid under an octagon that was raised up, like, a few feet. He, like, found a way to get underneath it and hid. Maybe I'm making like that, that up. Dude. I'm pretty sure that that happened, though. I like that. That's hide-and-seek. That's competitive. But, He's got to use every <laughs> advantage he can. And if he needs to employ the element of hide-and-seek. It's definitely a bad look, though. It's definitely a bad look. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. if you're ducking in out of cars trying to avoid that Usada bottle, that's that's not that's. It's not most good. definitely troublesome, but I digress. We'll move yeah. on to talking about the cancellation of UFC 233, which is troublesome to say the least. Yes, when you had Ben Askren and Robbie Lawler lined up, anytime they and get TJ Dillashaw and Cejudo to fight all in the same card, anytime that gets canceled or delayed, it it's it's a fucking good. shame. Yeah. And it and it reflects badly in the UFC canceling such a high profile event. Yeah, people were planning on seeing this, and when it doesn't materialize, so often for MMA fans, stuff doesn't materialize. Mm-hmm. And I feel like no other sport, the Cowboys will play the Redskins on Sunday, regardless of who's hurt. Exactly. Even yes. If the, even if both starting quarterbacks, they should have thrown something to. up. I agree. Whereas with that. MMA fans. It's. It, I don't know though. For what, a whole card you, to be scrapped. What would you prefer? Would you rather the card be scrapped, or would you like have them throw together some piece of card shit? scrapped? I card agree. scrapped. Because I've seen bastardized cards before. It's offensive. Where they where they take off like the top two fights, and it's just they're tough and, to get through. Ah man. Especially if every every fight before that's like a boring decision, then it feels like a punishment. You're yeah, like, what the fuck is they this? Moved. I'm like, what have I done to hurt you guys? I know. I was like, what kind of product is this? <laughs> so they moved TJ Dillashaw and Cejudo to the January 19th on Saturday for the UFC debut on ESPN. ESPN. I yes. think you shouldn't cancel ESPN or Fox cards, but pay-per-views, if you don't have the big like draw fights, yeah, it's probably best to cancel it from business Definitely. perspective. Fox, they're kind of like... Throw away, like, take what you can get. You know, this is how we see guys rise up. Exactly. You can follow up-and-comers. But it's it's Fox no more. Fox ESPN cards. Well, yeah, ESPN's interchangeable now. Like, the ESPN Plus cards. No, but I'm just saying Fox no longer carries it. So ESPN, they are giving ESPN a little treat with the debut of the super fight between Dillashaw and Cejudo. Can't wait for that. And then uh, they are going to move Ben and Robbie to March 2nd. Uh, away from that date where Bellator is still going to have an event that night too. Yeah, right? and that, that those fight cards were going to be on the same night. Yep, 2-13. I was really looking forward to the Bellator main event too. It was going to be Rafael Lovato, one of the best American jiu-jitsu practitioners in yes. my opinion of recent history. I don't know, I can't even think of a an American BJJ practitioner who is, who is as accomplished as Rafael. He was set to fight Gegard Mousasi, which was going to be fucking outrageous. When you first said that he, when uh, Gegard was fighting a guy named Rafael Lovato, I thought you were talking about Henato Laranja. Oh my god! (laughs) Not the (laughs) the mythic BJJ practitioner posting ass ass pics, booty pics. (laughs) I was like, "Whoa, dude, he's getting a fight. Good for him." (laughs) Great Instagram account, though. (laughs) Not shout out to uh, Henato. Apparently, he's good at jujitsu. Like yeah, he, he legitimately is. 
Yeah, but Scott uh, Coker, evidently, he like to throw a lot of shade over at Dana White and UFC for canceling out their event, saying that maybe they just ran out of bullets, not enough people to maintain a card worth uh, the ability, and they folded being up against the competition of Bellator. Not wrong. Even so. if, okay, like, let's say I'm kind that of- is the case, but... This is just Coker taking his media victory lap. He should have nothing more. Definitely. He's he he won that one battle, but let's let's be honest. We both saw yeah. recently a Bellator cast and then a UFC cast, and <laughs> one of these things is not like the, the other. other. Yeah, no one shit. of these things just doesn't belong. Yeah, as no much shit. as it pains me to say, because I want more competitive fight promotions. Exactly, the UFC is just such a better viewing it experience. A, a superior this product. This isn't Coca Cola totally and Pepsi yet. This is Coca-Cola and Dr. Thunder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right now. That's a great comparison. I feel like it could get there one day, though. because Soon. Because now Bellator legitimately has world-class fighters who, who ha- would have a right to be in the UFC, if not in Bellator. Yeah, you have those uh, high-level Bellator fighters, and then you have the Marianas Trench. Exactly. And then you have the rest of their card. Exactly. The depth is just not there. It's, it's not really there right not now. There. And when you watch the undercard, you're like, whoa, this is cool. I'm watching the LFC. <laughs> this is awesome. Exactly. I'm watching Titan FC, guys. Come check it out, dude. Up-and-comers, you know, guys who are but, really working their way you know, up. You know, the thing about those fights is that they like they can be very entertaining. Oh, I love Cage Warriors in Europe. Exactly, because the guys are, like, all over the place. And it's all grit, dude. All grit. That's exactly. where you see guys who are just pure heart. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love that shit. But here's the thing. On Bellator... Uh, like when I watch the UFC, I want to see like top shelf guys, yeah. shit that's just out of this world. And when I see Bellator, their top level fights have that, and I get so excited. But then we see not so stellar fights, yeah. And then we see not so stellar fights because of technique being absent from both guys, yeah, or just, both guys get frustrated, or both guys are tentative. And the cards seem like the, there are timing issues in between the fights. Because it's Viacom, so they jam so, so many, many sponsors. And, sp- and sponsors in between the fights. And I'd rather pay the 50 bucks and have fights uninterrupted. Exactly. And they're going to keep it moving, rather than stopping for Chevrolet ads every 30 and seconds. And if it's a TKO or a knockout early... It doesn't mean that you get right on to the next event. It's, okay, we have to fill this time. That's literally, that's how it felt during Bellator. And I was like, what are they doing? The UFC, they're like, all right, sweep up the blood. Get the next guys out here. And during a watch party for it. I think I would have enjoyed it more, honestly, the Bellator viewing event, if I could have put it on TV and done other things in the meantime, like I said, go do your laundry, exactly. come back, like a go to the game. movies, 100%. come back, <laughs> but, do your taxes, come back. But the UFC, they just... It, they have it down to a science, and it, it's working for them, for sure. I'm more excited, honestly, it sounds bad, but I'm more excited for 1FC than I am for Bellator right now. Because they're 1FC making, is doing a lot moves. of interesting moves. Yeah. And I've heard that in Asia, they are the UFC. Really? Like, they own the Asian markets. I've heard they're massive out there. I haven't seen personally. Well, that's extremely profitable. That's and awesome. And when you're being told that you can watch any one pay-per-view card on your phone for free. Well, that's you huge. can download their app and just watch it. And I'm like, well, then you're definitely going to get into North America. Yeah, absolutely. We love free With that shit. kind of accessibility. I mean, free is how you get things that are massively popular here. Fortnite. You know, Clash of Clans. YouTube. That mobile game. YouTube. Hello. I was going <laughs> to say. Free. Exactly. And that's the alert. And I'm really excited in seeing what they can do. And not to mention, Americans are never not on their phones. Never so. not on their phones. And the uh, one is doing uh, two Grand Prix. 
Grand Prix are huge. That, for, that was great for Bellator. For the flyweights and for the lightweights. Mm-hmm. Freddie Alvarez and Mighty Mouse. So I'm like, oh, I'm already in. Yeah, this sounds fantastic. fucking amazing. Whereas Bellator, it's just like, okay, bro, we're going to... Oh, we had to watch Roy Nelson in the first round of the heavyweight <laughs> tournament. And it's like, I love Roy Nelson, but he's getting up there. and Absolutely. It's just, it's fucking... It's well, not as exciting. And I'm... And it's not a slight against the fighters. It's just not mm-hmm. as exciting. That's definitely true. Well, I'm looking forward to all these cards coming together and these other fight promotions getting their acts together and becoming competitive with the UFC because, honestly, it'll just make all of the best fights and all the cream rise to the top, so to speak. So we'll just get a better product in the end. But um, I want to shift gears now and talk about Dominic Cruz and his fight with Lineker and how that kind of all disintegrated. So Dominic Cruz was training and he threw a punch and he felt multiple distinct pops in his shoulder. And it turns out that he damaged, severely damaged, torn. Uh, He tore two primary ligaments within his shoulder and that's going to require surgery and he's going to be out for at least a year, which is a a huge, huge loss because I think he's 33 now, 32 or 33. He's getting up there. And he's had so many catastrophic injuries in the past and this is something else he's going to have to overcome. This is number Five or six. And rehab. I know both knees. He has plantar fasciitis. Both knees. One of them twice. He had plantar fasciitis. And I believe he broke a hand. I mean, it's just... He can't catch a break. This is it, just fucking devastating, dude. It's a real it's a real problem, so... So when he got pulled, I was like, fuck. I mean, As soon as I heard about Dominic Cruz and just the word injured next to it, I was just like, oh my god, this poor guy. He really can't catch a break. And he's doing everything he can. Like, when he injured his knees, he took up, like, cycling, and he became an avid cycl- like cyclist. He's just doing everything he can. He just really can't catch a break. It's a shame. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how it shakes out for him. I hope he recovers fully. 33 years old. I don't know. And maybe we get to see him come problem. back. And then he's had a lighter weight class, too, and it never fares well. As injuries and, we need, and aging yeah, fighters. Yes, how much damage his body has taken on. Because when you have those injuries, other parts of your body compensate. Exactly. You don't know how it's going to fuck up his overall health. Because when you're rehabbing, who knows, you might get soft. You might... You might Injure something else. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, it's just such a dicey situation. You never situation, know how it could go. I, I, I hope it goes well. I hope it goes well. well. I'm worried about wishing it. Wishing Dominic Cruz all the best. Meanwhile, here. Lineker's like, a will. I'll fight anybody. We'll fight, we'll fight no matter what. We'll <laughs> fight for gold doubloons at this point that aren't exchangeable in any store. He's exactly. like, I will do anything to fight. Can't fault him Fuck, for that. Fuck, he'll probably end up fighting Dana White if he can't get a scheduled one. <laughs> exactly. But speaking of injuries, uh, switch gears and talk about Colby Covington. One of my favorite personalities in MMA right now. He is such a jackass, and I love it. I fucking love how much of a dick he is. He is unreal. He but is unreal. he apparently is recovering slash recovered from his from shoulder, his shoulder surgery. surgery. Yep. And he's back to training. He's doing great. And he's slamming people on Twitter, starting with Ben Askren, saying that no fight commission would sponsor him slaughtering the 36-year-old virgin Ben Askren, which I thought was fucking hilarious. But he was on the MMA Hour December 17th, Mm -hmm. and he was discussing what his prospects are looking like. And he believes that the UFC will make it right. Uh, Him having the interim title, he'll finally get his title shot because, you know, Till Till jumped the line on him because of the injury. (sighs) Made no sense. And now we have uh, Colby finally. He believes he will get a shot on the March 2nd card with Robbie Lawler and Ben Askren. That's a fight I cannot fucking wait for. Can you uh, imagine how that dude, fight will go against Tyron? It's going to be so interesting because I think Tyron is probably the most technically sound fighter 
in that division, if not in the UFC. After seeing how he handled Till, I cannot disagree with you, and especially how he outstruck Wonderboy. Granted, those fights were boring as shit, but when you take into consideration what he was able to accomplish and how how, how he was able to stay out of harm's way when going against one of the most dynamic strikers and unpredictable strikers, I mean... It's fucking unreal. unreal. And he said in the media leading up to the Till fight exactly what happened. He was like, there's a difference in skill sets here. You see a guy who doesn't have it all. He has a couple of good things, and I had a couple of good things when I was his age. But guess what? I'm not his age anymore. I was the hungry lion before, but I learned my lesson. I learned to get in the gym, practice techniques. And this dude stays in shape, man. He's not a guy who fluctuates out of camp. He's working on his techniques constantly in the gym. And it fucking showed, man. His Mm -hmm. game planning is next level. Well, you know, one thing I learned, especially after the Rafael Dos Anjos fight, is to never underestimate Colby Covington despite his shit talking. Colby Covington has the pace of a fucking jackhammer. It's unreal. Jesus Christ. It's unrelenting. They need to, like, lube up his legs, dude. He probably has, like, friction burns. He never stops moving. He never stops. Jesus Christ. He's a live wire. He's like the Energizer Bunny in there. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. <laughs> I watched the fucking fight. I, I picked Rafael to destroy him. I mean, he literally never stopped moving. Up and down, back and forth, constantly. Never let off of Rafael. He never got a chance to start to set up his striking. Oh, no. Rafael looked like he was just about to mouth what the fuck all the time. Yeah, because he was like, give me a second. Kobe, can we start the fight? And Kobe was like, no, you motherfucker. Yeah. Just fucking running at him constantly. I was like, this is amazing. Literally running at him. Like A round would start and Colby would sprint across the octagon and just immediately start shooting and tying up and punching and shooting and tying up and punching. It was unreal. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, it's going to be a, a, a huge landmark card for the welterweight division mm-hmm. if it does take place. Now, if it's not going to get canceled again, it'll it'll be amazing. Cause you, you never have, know with You fighting. have the contender eliminator fight with Robbie Lawler, Ben Askren, and you have the championship fight with Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington. Ooh, dude, Tyron and Ben Askren. They, they won't fight. They won't fight at all? Lifelong friends. Lifelong I told you friends, that. Yeah. Oh, shit. They literally trained together in college for us. Great. He was like, I refuse to fight. They, they were like, hey, we really want you to fight Tyron. And he was like, that is my best friend. Okay. Literally, I train with him at Duke Rufus every day. I'm not going to fight him. Okay. So Tyron will just be champ, and then Ben will stay at number one then. Yeah, we have like kind of a Uriah Faber, TJ Dillashaw situation. Before the, before they hated each say, other before that situation, but just, where they were just like, "Hey, I'm number three. You're the champ. Let's not make we'll this weird." Yeah, and we're just gonna chill. There was that awkward period there where like four guys were in the top ten from Alpha Male, and weird. it was like, guys, weird. we have a problem. Someone's gonna have to fight. But then don't worry, there were a lot of departures. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! Now we have to address the absolute shit show that's going on at 155. Oh my! What the fuck? I could create a flow chart of just... I feel like I need to be one of those FBI murder detectives. Yeah, we have with just yarn. Like pictures and yarn going from face to face. It's like, who's going to fight whom? Like, I don't know what's going to happen at all anymore. It's just a big mess. I feel like Brad Pitt from Seven. I'm getting way too involved. I, know. I have no I'm idea. I'm biased. I'm emotionally compromised. I don't know what's going on. You, you, you got Kevin Lee, who looked like he was going to be catapulted next up. Then you, Ally Kinta has an early fill-in against Khabib, and he overperforms. And next thing you know, he's fighting Kevin Lee, who's ranked in the top five. When Ally Kinta was about to fight Paul Felder, Paul Felder, who was ranked 14th. I have no idea. And Ally Kinta, I think, was ranked 12th. And then Ali Kinta beats Lee and does so in, a, in an amazing fashion. So now, so now he what appears- the fuck is Lee going to do? Is Ali is Kinta about to get a title shot? 
And then you have Tony Ferguson out there where no one wants to fight him. No one wants to fight him. But he's next in line. He had the interim title before. He got stripped of that. Unjustly. I think unjustly because of his injury. He's back now. Came off an electrifying win against Anthony Pettis. He's there. Who's going to fight? And then you have Connor. Who the fuck knows what's going on with him? He hasn't talked to his coaches. Apparently his coach, he's uh, going Kavanaugh, has completely abandoned gym. him. Yeah. He's posting pics at a different SPG gym. He's posting pics with Proper 12 hidden a bag in his garage. It's, it, Is he going to get another title shot? Which would make no sense. Is he, he going to get, get another Phantom Rolls Royce? Two Is, fights back to be in title contention? I, who and if so, who is he gonna fucking who's he gonna fight? fight? Is he gonna fight Ally Akinta now? Is that is that what's next on the plate for him? Or Kevin Lee? Or or Kevin Lee? It's oh, like what is what is going on? And then you have Kevin Lee now. Kevin Lee takes to Twitter after uh, I think knows the interviews after his fight. He said he was embarrassed. He feels fucking really disappointed in himself. He's not sure if he wants to move up to one seventy or stay at one fifty five. Still confident, nevertheless. He said he thought he won the fight. He doesn't know when he'll be champ, but he knows he'll be champ, and he doesn't even know where, if it's going to be at 155. He says he feels he's strong enough to move up to a welterweight. So. What, have you, both of you feel, uh, what do you both of you think about Kevin Lee possibly moving up to 170? I don't like it. No, I think it's a big mistake. I think he's, uh, I think he's uh, uh, well-sized for lightweight, and I think his best shot is there. I think he 100%. needs to take more time to develop. It's a shark-infested water at 170. Don't go to 170. 170 has so many scary fighters could you imagine, right now. Could you imagine Kevin Lee go, fighting Tyron right now? No. I couldn't imagine fighting anyone in the top five and winning. No. He is a great size for 155. I think he's a great. I think eventually, if he stays consistent, he's so young. I think he could be lightweight champion one day. He just has to develop his skill. Develop his skill set. Uh, he has to get with his management team and take good fights, productive fights. Not, not Nothing super, super risky. Like, I don't want him bouncing back and forth between, oh, you're third in the world, now you're seventh in the world, now you're then, second in the world, now you're ninth in the world, all this shit. And then because that's how you ride a career out like Uriah Faber and you always smell the belt but you actually never get to taste it, you know. But then you have also Edson Barbosa entering the mix. He was ranked eighth and he fought Dan Hooker. You know, kind of a maintain your spot kind of fight, taking on the new kid on the block, but finishes him so emphatically that now people are like, he should be back in the top five. Especially if you listen to John Anik, he's like, is he going to get a title shot tomorrow? I mean, what's going to happen? Well, it was an electrifying performance and it showed off everything that is amazing about it and that we forgot about because he's gotten wrestle fucked in his past fights. Exactly. You have the trouble that you know what, you know what style you need to employ to beat Edson. You know what he's going to try to do to beat you. And I feel like all the people in the top four have the perfect style to neutralize Edson. They're going to apply consistent pressure and leave no room for him to set up any kicks at all. I mean, look, he already fought most of them. Khabib, that was ugly as shit. Ooh, uh, Tony Ferguson, yikes. Yikes, so at, much blood. <laughs> look at all. I mean, and that's just the first few. I think Kevin Lee, have they fought? He beat, he, uh, Kevin Lee beat Edson Barbosa. Well, there you go. I was just about to say that. I think that would be, a, I was just about to say that would be a terrible matchup for Edson because Kevin would be all over him with all his wrestling. All over him. He was all over him. So, oh, that exactly. That was the fight where uh, Kevin Lee got head kicked, did, did the, the chicken dance, dance, and then proceeded to take him down and... She literally took him down right off of that. I mean, it's just a shit show. So. It's fucking under. And on top of that, you have Max Holloway teasing that he might go, go up, up and challenge Khabib. And I think what that would be fuck? a decent fight because I would. Yeah, this Max Holloway's huge. This isn't, but this is insanity. So I do not envy Sean Shelby in the slightest. How is Sean Shelby different... still the matchmaker? Yeah. 
So I don't envy him at all. How many different interests are at play in this? It's it's mind-boggling. And then you have analysts. All of them have different opinions on who should get the next title it hurts shot. Hurts my brain. You have Chael Sonnen coming out saying Connor should. You have you have John Anik coming out and saying Edson maybe. Should. Then Everybody. Al definitely deserves it. It's it's insane. It's insane. The division. You want to talk about a log jam of crazy? I'm curious to see what. The community thinks. Let us know in the description, in the comments down below, rather, uh, what you guys think should be done in the lightweight division. I'm curious because I absolutely have no fucking idea. I have no idea at this point. It's, it's astounding. It's astounding. But in other news, we could talk about Luke Rockhold, right? He experienced some turmoil at 185. <laughs> you so can say like, that. I love you. Exactly. He hears that in his sleep. Uh, Luke, turn over. <laughs> <laughs> He's just starting to sweat. He's like, no. <laughs> no, 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 don't say. Maybe that is a sign that he's not another that, kiss. That, that Cormier is <laughs> not coming back to two hundred five because he said he would never fight Luke. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Plus, that, that would be that would uh, be another reason why they would strip him so quickly, especially because so he said he Luke's would never going come back up. To him. So that that would be a sign that Daniel Cormier is never going to go back down. Plus, so. Luke has had a big case of the Twitter fingers. Always, when it comes to always. the 205-pound division, he's been talking mad shit to literally everyone on that, everyone in the division, everyone. Mm. To Gustafson, they had a Twitter beef when they were actually, weren't they scheduled at one point? No. No. They, they weren't were scheduled? <coughs> there, were ta- there were contract talks where Gustafson had literally signed a contract. Yeah. Because the UFC does this thing all the time. Well, they'll send. Well, they, I think that's shitty on the UFC, pressure. They literally send employing contracts where they're like, okay. We have him signed already. Now, now they uh, they leak to the press that the fight is in talks. Exactly that it's or signed. In the past, they would even say they the would fight say, is on. Yeah, they would literally say Gustin signed. It's on, and then Luke would be like, "Hey guys, hey, I what the agreed fuck? To shit. Yeah, what the fuck are you guys talking about?" But he'll still talk shit mm-hmm. on those same fighters he hasn't signed on to fight. Yeah, Luke Rockhold even called the two hundred five contenders laughable, and I think that's ridiculous. That is absolutely absurd when you talk about all the talent that's in the 205-pound division right now. It's highly dangerous for him to make that uh, to make that statement. You have Tiago Santos, who just ended Jimmy Manoa's life in one of the craziest fights I've ever seen. I don't know. I think, I think Luke Rockhold's more well-rounded than Tiago Santos, though. Um, does he have a hammer on his chest? And no. can he throw spinning kicks that knock people's faces off? Well... Yes. Actually, yes. <laughs> so maybe that's an interesting fight. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at that matchup, but every other matchup for him, very scary. I don't know. I think, again, I think he'd be in the same position at 205, man. He's going to be in the top three and probably keep losing. He'd, maybe he'd get the title. Maybe he would get the title. I don't see it happening. But then he, he would immediately lose and then he'd talk shit and then be like, you know what? I'm going to might go see those fucking heavyweight fighters. They're laughable. <laughs> and who knows, man? You want you guys want to get your rocks off? How about this for a pitch? Rumble's return fight to 205 against Luke Rockhold. I Boom. don't like that fight for Rumble. What? I don't like that fight. Dude, for I think Rumble hits him with a left hook and knocks him to the maybe, fuck out. Maybe, maybe. I Luke has a history of uh overreaching, so to speak, with his punches. So. I was going to say and if you mess up once with Rumble, unless your name is Daniel Cormier, you're going the fuck to sleep, dude. Yeah, I believe it. Especially I mean, if you connect, if he were to connect well, I feel like that that blow that he landed against Daniel Cormier, it's like will forever live in infamy. But I feel like it was a, it wasn't even a square punch. I think it was like glancing or something. No, it hit off his shoulder, and it still sent him flying. It sent him horizontal. Do you understand? And it wasn't like Daniel was off balance. Daniel had his guard up, 
and it sent him flying. That is cartoon strength. It is, so for Luke to dismiss that that big weight jump too, you're giving these guys an additional 20 pounds, and these guys are cutting from like cutting. 230 yeah. down to 205. Diego Santos is fucking massive. He's massive. Then you have Alexander Gustin and John Jones who are so literally tall, gigantic, so rangy, so athletic. You have Jimmy Manoa who's also a knockout artist. He's in play there. Ovin St. Pru, Dominic Reyes. None of those fights are easy for you, Luke. No. Dominic Reyes beat up Ovens. I think Dominic Reyes is a serious. That's a good fight fight. for Luke. Because guess what, Luke? You're going to have to train hard for that shit. Yeah. Because Reyes is dangerous and he mixes up his techniques really well. I didn't even know who the dude was. I I had heard of him briefly. People were like, oh, he's really good. Also, can I just mention that was a knockout against OSP? Absolutely. What the fuck was that? Absolutely. I just had I had hurt feelings when we were uh, uh, no. doing a watch party. I was, party watching that. That. I was, I was like, like, "Thank God they didn't count as a knockout." OSP is my dude, dude. I like. Well, I'm a big OSP fan. I think they should rename the Von Flume the Saint Pru show. Flume? Yeah, it, I'm gonna call Von Flume hit it once. Once, yeah. Saint Pru hit it like three times. Three times. A jillion in training. I'm gonna call it the OSP or the Saint Pru choke. I'm gonna call it the Saint Pru. It, it just should be. It's, it's as only, it should it's be. On, it's only fair. It's it is only fair. But. I would much rather have talks and be indecisive about weight class than be indecisive about coming out of a retirement. Coming out of retirement is is so dangerous. Which is never a good spot to be. And we find a couple of fucking veterans and legends, dare I say, in this position right now. Jake Ellenberger and Matt Brown are both talking about whether or not they should come out of retirement. Jake Ellenberger is actively saying that he's going to field his free agency and see where he can get the, the most money. And Matt, what do you think about that? I think they're crazy. I don't even know how old they are. I'm going to look them up now. Well, in fighter years, they're about 6,000. Here's my thing. I, I worry because of one name. You ready? Carlos Condon. Carlos Condon came out of retirement, made it clear that it was for money reasons, it was financial interests, and it did not go well for him. You know, he looked he looked like he didn't want to be there. During the lead up to the fights, he was like, this is my job. Like, I'm doing it. But he was acting as if he was a plumber and it was the day before he was ha- about to have a day off. 37 years old for Matt, Brown. for Matt Brown. You know, it just did not look happy. Whereas I think that Matt Brown and Jake Ellenberger enjoy it much more. I think That's that true. it's their passion keeping them rather than finance, which I love. I hate to see a fighter struggling financially. These so guys, if Matt Brown got... To ride off into the sunset after a knockout victory, whereas Jake Ellenberger, I can kind of understand the sting, if I'm being honest. You it know, is, it is yeah. Probably. He goes in there and he loses. And to be fair, I don't know how serious Matt Brown is about it. I and think his quote was, "If I were to fight again, it wouldn't be the end of the world, or it wouldn't be the worst thing." And I agree with that. And his record, Matt Brown's record for the past four years since last, from 2000 July of 2014, is he's two and five. Yes. Yeah. That's so in the last that's four problem. years, that's, that's a problem. not good. But I mean, he he was an he's an aging fighter. But the uh, thing is, I think there are still some fun fights out there for, for him. Brown. Exactly. And I don't necessarily think that uh, like he would be uh, the underdog in some fights in in the one seventy division. I, I can't say the same for Ellenberger. I think Ellenberger Ellenberger's only thirty three years old. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's his fight record. And, and 31 also, and 15. He's taken a lot of damage. A lot of damage. Four losses in a row. All four of those past losses are TKOs or KOs. So you're looking at damage possibly. Since 2013, he is 2 and 9. And July. if you want to. 
and if you want to focus on damage, right? Like as you're saying, two and nine, and a lot of those are KOs, TKOs. You're doing brain damage, and it's not that a fighter's chin gets worse. I, people say that all the time. His chin's not what it used to be. No, his brain isn't what it used yeah. to be. Your brain used to be able to take the abuse of being bounced around, but now it, it knows what it's in for, and it shuts off a lot quicker. It happens to Absolutely. a ton of fighters. It happens to every fighter going on in their career. And I hate to see it in Jake Ellenberger because he's such a nice guy. And he's a genuinely good dude. He's a pure martial artist. So when I see this, it just I don't want I don't want to see it. I don't I don't I don't particularly enjoy seeing any fighter come out of retirement. It's usually never for the right reasons, you know? And, and it's like when uh, Mark Munoz kept taking f- uh, Munoz. Uh, yeah. I don't want to do the proper That was uh, fine. Yeah. Uh, when he kept taking fights and he, he made it very clear that it was for financial reasons. It's just such a bummer. Or Nate Marquardt where I was just like, ah, fuck, man. But especially when they have like these legacies and you just watch them slowly damage their legacy. And it's just like no one ends on top in this fight game, man. And Daniel Cormier said that multiple times where he doesn't want the Grim Reaper to catch him, man. And he said he's like guys that I loved, guys that I looked up to had these amazing – no blemishes on their career they just stay five years too long yeah and lose five fights and the memories we have of them are not of insane things like anderson silva he's starting to tarnish it exactly where we're not thinking of the vitor knockout we're not thinking of you embarrassing forrest griffin now we're thinking about you or the second most title defenses of all time now we're thinking about the bisping loss we're thinking about cormier laying on top of him we're thinking about the weidman break we're thinking about the weidman knockout this is this is not what we want to see. This is not what we want to see. I and now I worry for him. I worry for him because he's fighting Adesanya, which I think is an interesting fight, if he were five years younger. Yeah, exactly. I think Anderson would win if he were five years younger. Perhaps. But Adesanya is so fucking dangerous, and you're going to fight him when you're he's 40. Ent- he's literally entering his prime. 43? I don't even think Adesanya has entered his prime I don't yet. think he's entered his prime yet. How old is Anderson? I think he's 43. He's too old. It's a, it'll, if you Google it, it says too old. I think it just says too old. And his kids, his wife, are actively on social media saying, Dad, Stop. please retire. <laughs> and you can tell in the house, he's, like, he, he's I, like, Keys, no more talk about retire in the house. Yeah. So he, they're like, all right, Dad, he, I'm going to subtweet your ass. And he's like, no, don't do that. And he, I love you guys very much. He has an interesting situation in that he doesn't need to do it. 43 years old. Financially, he doesn't need to do it. He's got he's several successful super gyms. wealthy. Yeah. He has no need. He was sponsored by fucking Burger King for Christ's sake. Yeah, he really you think the king plays around with money, dude? The king took out those $100 bills. Yeah, he should have retired in 2012. I mean, he beat Derek Brunson, but Brunson... His two fights back-to-back, Weidman should have been a sign. Yeah, man. It should I have mean, been that's so sign. tough to say, though, you know? Well, he after after the 2012 fight in October 2012, then he then he lost twice popped. to Weidman, uh, twice to Weidman, once to Nate Diaz. Diaz got fucked up then, right before then the fight. Bisbane, and then he came out the booing the booing of Cormier lost to because Cormier, Cormier was like, "Hey, I'm gonna penetrate you, buddy." <laughs> just <laughs> you should just put on a that R and B song, put you to bed. And just watch that Daniel Cormier-Anderson Silva fight. Because everyone would cheer when Anderson was stood up and like, yes, we get to watch a fight! And then Cormier was like, psych, bitch. Just took him down and laid there. Fucking devastating. But we have to wrap up our cast talking about one of, if not the most, pressing issue going on in the fight world today. Dana White credits Joe Rogan for the UFC's explosive growth over the years. And I have to say, yeah, probably. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not even that controversial because no. he's become so like ubiquitous with MMA. MMA, like a lot of people, are like, oh yeah, UFC, Joe Rogan, same, same thing. Yeah, exactly. And he was so unabashedly an MMA fan after a while because at first he said it felt like he was doing porn, <laughs> but he really was its biggest advocate because you had a guy who was connected to Hollywood, was hanging out with all these people who didn't know anything about fighting. Like Hollywood stars, Hollywood comedians, and he got them into it. He was yep. really like, check out Muay Thai, check out all these things. He certainly normalized it. Exactly. Before it felt like this freaky fringe thing people were into, sort of this sort of underground and when community. He's, and when he's on the podcast explaining why these guys do what they do, how it's uh, more, it's purer than boxing. Yeah, he makes it sound noble. Yeah. And he said it's a, it's an insane pursuit and it's a beautiful and what fighters undergo it's such an up and down roller coaster life but they wouldn't trade it for anything because the highs yeah you feel electric pulsing through like he all those all these speeches that we give and he really paints it to be the art that I feel and a lot of people feel that it is if this were a written video essay there would be tons of annotations from past Joe Rogan speeches mm-hmm. you know he's wrote, written so much of the book on MMA and how to be a proper fan and how to Most conduct definitely. yourself. Uh, of course, a, a, a genuine portion of the UFC's growth can be attributed to him. But Dana White is being kind of a nice guy there, though, because Dana White is also, I think he's the most responsible yeah, for the Yeah, it is, it is, it is literally uh, Dana White being nice because obviously most of the growth can be attributed to Dana White. And because as much brothers, as we say MMA, MMA Joe Rogan, same I, thing, UFC and Dana White are literally paired in my mind exactly, forever. Exactly, exactly. I don't want to see have to a make UFC where he's not the president. It'll be weird, right? But I do have to make the point that I can't say the same for when Joe Rogan departs, unfortunately. I never want to see Joe leave. I, w- I always want to see him around the UFC, and I I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I would love it if he were to continue to commentate fights. But the UFC has a lot of promising up-and-coming commentators. Paul Felder. Paul Felder, John Anik, Bisping's toying around the, the idea. Bisping does a wonderful job Dominic when Cruz. he does. Dominic Cruz. All, exactly. Tyron Woodley. You know of all of them. This These people do an amazing job. And there's no there's commentator. Here's one thing that's better, right? I always say I always give uh, things about how MMA it sucks for the fans sometimes. Things ain't canceled where you know the Falcons will always play the Lions yeah. on Sunday. Here's one thing that's better: you'll never see Joe Montana while he's playing be an analyst for the league. Yes, and we are Get so that. blessed as MMA fans to have guys who are fighting. Be analysts, the superstars. Lily Town Woodley sits down at a desk and analyzes fights for us. You know how we like amazing that is. If you're a fan of fighting or you you train yourself, the insight you can gather from actually listening to a superstar of that sport break things down and analyze it. I don't know. It's just like a kid in a candy store. And it's not like in college basketball where it's a retired player talking yeah. about his good old days or literally about the guy a disconnected on top game right now. Yeah. Or like a guy like Paul Felder who's experienced up and downs in the UFC and has that experience, that real world, and you can feel it. And he's still a fighter, so he's like, watch your fucking P's and Q's. Exactly. I like that, where Tyron's like, they literally will shit talk in the analyst desk where he's like, I don't know about that. I think I'm going to whoop his ass. I like, love it. There's no other sport where you can get that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Where the mm-hmm. champ dresses up in a three-piece suit and is talking trash after analyzing the dude's fight. That's I love that. Bisping would sit at the desk, watch a middleweight fight, and be like, I could kick both their I think, asses. I think, you know what I think? I think he's a piece of shit and just goes <laughs> Yeah, off. exactly. I fucking love that. And that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. So while I will be sad when Joe goes, undoubtedly, 
I'm happy about all the guys who get a bump up in the chain. Definitely. And we get to experience them more because I love listening to fighters commentate fights. There's nothing better. Yeah, I agree completely. Daniel Cormier will be one of my favorites. I can tell, right? I think he's the guy I want slotted in for Joe. Mm -hmm. I agree. Just because... He brings so much personality and knowledge. So much. Thug Rose, he made that... He made her... Even more popular. Even more popular with that. Just the, like... He was so the genuine. The genuine, like he loves fucking fighting. Yeah, and you, it's it's a contagious. Absolutely, you could feel it just watching that clip. Even not even an entire fight, you can really feel it. Yeah. But guys, thank you for coming out for another MMA submission. We appreciate it a lot. Let us know what you thought of the topics today. What are your take uh, takes on the lightweight division? How do you think that's going to work out? How do you think the welterweight division is going to shape up after March 2nd? These are the questions that we want answers to. And also let us know what your bets are for Jones versus Gustin. If you have 29th, bets with your friends. 20, 29th or the 26th? When, when is that upcoming card? That's 29th. 29th. Because it's their New Year's card. The New Year's yes. card. Leave your predictions in the comments. Sorry, I want to read them so I can place my bets. I was going to say, and we, uh, yeah, dude. And then on our next anime submission, we get to fucking argue with your idiotic suggestions. As always. <laughs> As always. But Hachi Machi, so much great news. So much more to talk about. But that'll have to wait for the next anime submission. We'll see you guys later.